Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Take your Bibles, turn to Acts 19. We're going to read verse 1 through 7. We do have notes for you. Familiar passage to many. Certainly if you've been coming to this house for any length of time, you've heard me preach from it or reference it. Thank you, Minister Micah and the worship team. Acts 19 and verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism, verse 4. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus, verse 5. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Father, thank you. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. Um, we have had so many new people being added to the church that as I was praying today, I was reminded by the Lord that we need to revisit things uh, so that it's clear, especially to all the, those that are new among us. And we are so grateful for what God is doing. He's bringing in families from all over. He's answering the prayers of morning prayer. Lord, bring them in from the north, south, the east, and west. And uh, we're thrilled about that. So many being saved. So many recommitting to the Lord. So many miracles. And so I want to talk to you. I want to preach to you tonight. A message called, You Can Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Somebody said to me, you know, I've been to, I've been to church all my life, but I've never experienced anything like what I'm experiencing here. And the truth is, I've been to church for most of my life now. And uh, the momentum, excitement, joy, anticipation, the miracles of breakthrough, miracles of provision, miracles of deliverance that we're seeing here are at an exponential rate more than anything I've ever seen either. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. The, the, move of, the move of the Spirit of God in the 90s, as, as Rodney Howard Brown came in 1993, was fresh and powerful and amazing, but, but different. And uh, how many of you know God moves however He wants to move? God is sovereign, which means He does what He wants, what He wants to, whoever He wants to. Amen. I want to give a special greetings to all those online. We've got uh, many, many people online all over, and those that will see this later we welcome you and pray that God would wreck you by the power of his truth and his word right where you're at on your device, in your car. If you start being overcome by the spirit while you're driving, just pull over. Just, just pull over to the right and then be safe as you drive. Uh, we're, we've been broadcasting thanks to people doing what's called watch parties in universities, uh, in homes in Dillingham, uh, around Alaska. It's, it's really actually amazing that you could take a device like this 
and, uh, and, and watch life-giving, anointed worship and the preaching of his word all over the world. You can register now. I mean, right at our fingertips, you can, you can register for conferences that you would have to, it would cost thousands of dollars, thousands and thousands of dollars to get there and hotel and lodging and meal. And you can watch it in your kitchen now. And uh, we're grateful for that. Somebody said electronics are evil. No, no, that, 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 that would come from the person who's operating it. Well, there's, there's a, it's a portal to what it, it's a portal to evil if you want to use it that way. I would highly advise you not to. It's an unusual question here in Acts 19. So I want to talk to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about tongues. And we've seen so many people filled with the Spirit. And uh, so I want to talk to you about that, especially if you've never heard a message like this before. We're a Spirit-filled church. What do you mean by that? I mean the baptism of the Spirit is something that's evident here. The gifts operate here on a regular basis. It is part of our service. It's not something that happens just in a back room. Oh, it'll happen in a back room too, but it'll happen in the front room, the side room. It'll, it should happen everywhere that you go. Somebody says, well, I've never seen that before, or that's not the way, the way it should be. I think the way it should be is how it is actually in Scripture is how it should be. And there's many that are afraid of offending people. We're not afraid of offending you. We're happy to offend you, but not on purpose. I mean, we want you to be comfortable, but we're happy to offend sin. You know, God has not come for us to be comfortable. I love what one preacher said. He came to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. So Acts 19 is, is, is an amazing scripture because an unusual question is asked, and it's right there, the Apostle Paul coming in these upper regions, comes to a place called Ephesus where the greatest New Testament revival took place. And he sees some disciples. Now, we don't know right there in, uh, right there in verse 1, sees some disciples. We don't know how he knows their disciples. Obviously, they're different than maybe the other pagans that are walking around the city, but he, he notices that they're different, and he sees that they're disciples. So there's something about them there was godly something that caused him to think that they were disciples. And the first thing he says, the first thing he says is, did you receive the Spirit since you believed? Now that is a very unusual question. That's not something any of us would ask anyone else when we first meet them from the first church of the fire baptized. Well, if they're fire baptized, then they did receive the Spirit. But, but you know, a lot of churches in name are fire baptized, but the people in it aren't fire baptized. Fire, I, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Not many days from now. Come on, he will baptize you with fire. So it would be very rude to say, hey, how are you? Oh, good. So, man, you love, you love the Lord? You're a disciple? Oh, yeah. You too? Uh-huh. Hey, have you received the Holy Spirit? Can you imagine asking someone from another church that you mean, hey, hey, how's it going? I go to King's Church. Don't do that, okay? <laughs> Actually, you know what? You can go ahead and do it if you want to. I, I don't really care. I don't, because if you don't have the power of the Spirit, you're, you're really missing out on, on what God has for you. And there is a theological misunderstanding from my estimation and view of things where people teach that the, that the, the Holy Spirit you get right at salvation, and then that's it. Well, I'm going to disprove that. Oh, you get the Holy Spirit at salvation, you can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. But there's a thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because if there, was, if there wasn't, why would the Apostle Paul, who thinks he's talking to people who love Jesus, 
why would he ask him that? Okay. Did you receive the Holy Spirit after you believed? So the only, if, if the work of the Spirit was just in salvation, why would he ask that question? Very simply, the work of the Holy Spirit is not a just in salvation, and so we're going to look at that, all right? You can look at Acts chapter 8 and verse 15 and through 17. Why don't you turn there, Acts 8. And I'm just going to teach you. I'll end up preaching because I generally get fired up as we go along. But I wanted to hold the place of teaching to you just a little bit. Acts chapter 8, find verse 15. So verse 15, 16, 17, let me tell you what's happening here. Philip, persecution, great persecution comes against the church, and so the church is scattered. You know, the persecution um, is, it's not good. Uh, It's horrible. However, it does bring a purging effect, and actually persecution and pressure on the church causes the church to grow, whether you realize that or not. Uh, it's certainly unfortunate. There's many Christians, in fact, all across the world. I just read some statistics, statistic about persecuted church. They're most, mostly they're Christians that are being persecuted all around the world. We pray for them now. You'd strengthen them. The blood of the martyrs. The blood of the martyrs has always been the seed of the church. That, that's a, that's, a, that's a, a statement that's been in theological circles for a long time. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. How many of you know what that means? That means like when... ISIS was decapitating parents in front of the children. They began to be overcome in some of these reports that we have heard from those who've been there. They began to be overcome by the testimony and the glory that would come on these Christians as they're about to take their heads from their shoulders in front of their children. And I'd, I'd heard one report that a lady had said, and this is by a converted man from, uh, there was... An ISA, ISA, I mean, a um, ISIS operative. He said, uh, the lady said, you know, we want to thank you for letting our children watch because they it 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 solidifies their face, their faith, and they get to see the glory of God in a greater way. And they, can you imagine people that just would willingly give their lives, not even put up a fight, or, or just say, no, we're not going to renounce him. No, we're not going to we're not going to bow down and serve Allah. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's not one thing you can do about it. We will not reject him. We will not deny him. And they willingly lose their heads over it, and their kids would watch. What, what, what would make somebody do that? Of course you would renounce your faith, wouldn't you? No, you wouldn't, not if it's real. Not, not if it's bigger than your life itself. Not, not, if you, not a, a, a living, walking, abiding relationship with Jesus. You would never, because there's something we're living for that's not here. And so when they see faith like that, that's why it says the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Roman soldiers and people that persecuted the church, they, they many times become believers because they're just like blown away. Like, well, how come you wouldn't renounce him? Because he's real and I can't. So Acts, you know, Acts 8, persecuted church. Philip goes and he's, he's preaching. Look at verse 4. They were scattered everywhere preaching the word. What did they do? They were scattered everywhere preaching the word. They're talking about Jesus Christ crucified, talking about signs, wonders, miracles, the kingdom of God, talking about how you can be washed and cleansed from your sin. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. So what does that mean? 
He preached Christ to them. That, mean, that means he said this. You're separated from God because of your sin, but Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Mashiach, he's come. He died on a cross. He rose again from the grave. You might have heard about him. You need to receive him. When you do, when you repent of your sin and you believe on the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be washed. Your names will be written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what preaching Christ is. It says it so simply, but that's what he says. And multitudes with one accord. One accord is total unity. I mean, he has a revival. He did the things spoken to him by Philip. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So what did he do? See, signs and wonders come with the preaching of the gospel. You can't separate signs and wonders from, from Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. I've not come with the eloquence of man, the apostle Paul said. See, I'm starting to preach because what happens is I start, I start like talking about it and then the spirit starts coming on me. I can't help myself. You can't talk about Jesus and not talk about, if you talk about Jesus and don't talk about miracles, you're, that's a jacked up, that's jacked up. That's not the gospel of the kingdom. Come on, that's whack. Somebody say that's whack. Anyway, talk about the baptism of the Spirit. He comes, he preaches Christ, they all get saved. I mean, wow. And, and verse 8, and there's great joy in the city. I got to say that if I depart from my notes and just like go off, don't worry about it. It'll be all right. I am finding everywhere I go, and I'm not exaggerating, everywhere I go, I'm finding people stopping me, asking questions. Are you the pastor? I heard about that church. Then when I'm witnessing, I'm witnessing as I talk to people. I'm just looking for opportunities to witness and tell people about Jesus and lead them to Christ. And what's happening over and over and over and over again is I'll, I'll run into somebody and I'll say, hey, how's it going? You know, they're like, oh, good. Oh, so what do you do is usually my next question, talking to a guy. Oh, I'm so-and-so. And oh, well, great. So somebody asked me, you know, I was talking to him. I said, what do you do? So much firemen, basically. I said, oh, our church is right up to street. I'm just looking for anything. I'm looking for anything to tie it together. And we go, oh, our church is right up the street. And he instantly goes, it is? What church is that? I said, King's Chapel. He said, oh, I heard about that place. I said, yeah, it's awesome, man. He says, yeah, it's a bunch of people trying to get me to go. I was going to go last Sunday, but I didn't make it. I'm going to go this Sunday. I said, well, that's great. You should come. I'll save you a seat. He said, oh, wow. Awesome. I said, yeah, I'm the pastor. What's up? He's like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's off the chain. Come on. The guy's like, yeah, wow, I'm coming. So he's coming. Jerry, the fireman, I can't wait till he comes. What's up, Jerry, if you're online? God's good. And everywhere I go, honestly, on my day off, because I, I try to unplug, I, I'm getting all this from joy in the city. I'm finding joy in the city everywhere I go. I mean, what good news is it that people don't have to be stuck on crack, crystal meth, don't, people don't have to be addicted, you don't have to be bound, you don't have to be broken, you don't have to, you don't have to live in disease and tor torture and torment, you can be free, you can be healed, you can be whole, you can walk in the purposes of God, you don't have to be depressed, you don't have to fill with anxiety. I know somebody very close, close to us, very close. For the first time in seven years, she's sleeping. She's never been to our church before. She's been here just over the past couple months. Now, and she knew the Lord. It's not about not knowing the Lord. She knew the Lord. She's saved. But the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit and the freedom of Jesus, now she sleeps for the first time. She couldn't sleep. Riddled with anxiety, with breakout, with rashes going up the side of their face. Totally tormented with fear. 
now no longer has any fear torment, no longer has no more rashes going up the side of her face, sleeps through the night. Why is that? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And when people get a hold of that in the city, like with unto Philip, joy begins to break out. And I'm saying that. And, and on my day off, I really can't go in public anymore because I end up just ministering. And if I don't unplug, I'm terrible counselor. I just, I give horrible advice. If I don't unplug and just get refreshed, come on, you violate that Sabbath rest, you're in trouble. I have to take one and seven and just like chill. Stumble around my house. And praise the Lord. You know, and if I go out, I'll put a hat on and glasses and kind of look low and kind of walk around. Say, well, what, really? Yeah, because, because, because people are hungry and thirsty. How many of you know what I'm talking about everywhere you go? Look, look at all the hands. Everywhere you come on, people are, oh, you go to that church. Oh, that church. Yeah, because joy is filling the city. People are getting free. Can you say amen? That's the way it should be. And that's what happens with Philip. And so in, in verse 15 through 17, all these signs and wonders happen, and the apostles in Jerusalem hear about it, so they come to Samaria, verse, heard that they received the word of the Lord, word of God, and they sent Peter and John. So Peter and John come to check out the revival, verse 15, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. What? What? They might, I thought they were saved. Yeah. It, back it up. He preached Christ to them, and with one accord, they all believed. Signs and wonders are taking place, but nobody's been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there are those that use this text to say that, well, it's only the apostles that had that special gifting. But that's not true. And if it was true, don't you think the Bible would tell us? For as yet he, notice it says he. Look at verse 16. For as yet he, do you notice it's capitalized? Okay, it's not an it. For not yet it had fun. And does it say it? Let's say it because it's the third part of the Trinity. It's a person. The, the one yet many God. Hero, hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one God, and yet he's three in one. He had not yet fallen on any of them. Don't, I would not like to be called an it. Would you like to be called an it? No, I wouldn't call the Holy Spirit an it either. And so they laid hands on them. They'd only been baptized. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. This is where the, the baptism of the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is inferred. In other words, it doesn't say it directly, but something happened other than miracles. Other than healing, other than deliverance, other than miracles that were taking place. You, you, you're following me? There was miracles that were taking place, right? It says that. Signs and wonders are taking place. But this sign had not taken place, and I believe it's tongues. Verse 18, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. In other words, something different happened than regular signs and wonders. It's the baptism of the Spirit. Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 9, Acts 10, Acts 19, the text that we're looking at here. Okay. Write in your notes. So when they did not know about the Holy Spirit, he asked them about their, their baptism. It's not that they didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit clearly moved in the Old Testament. It really, when you look at the Greek, what it's saying is they didn't know that the Holy Spirit could be given to them. Because it's kings, prophets, 
and priests that had the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. But not so in the New. No, no, no. Everybody. All, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters. If you're a son, raise your hand. If you're confused, we'll pray for you after service. All jo- I'm not joking. If you're a daughter, raise your hand. Wonderful. That means every sons and daughters, raise your hand. I think there's some people that might not be listening. But anyway, <laughs> sons and daughters. He pours out his spirit on his sons and daughters. I will pour out my spirit on your sons and your daughters. So that means God pours out his spirit on all flesh. Wow. So when he finds out that they had not received the Holy Spirit, they're like, we didn't even heard that we could have the Holy Spirit. It's really kind of what they say in the original language. We didn't even hear that we could have the Holy Spirit. Not that there was a Holy Spirit. That's how we read it in English, in the English translation. So as Jews and as believers in John's baptism, they, they knew there was a Holy Spirit. They just didn't know they could have it, receive it. They were baptized in water, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues. Okay, the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. There's your notes, in salvation. Let me read you some scriptures. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, this is the amplified version. Once again, if it's too loud, just hang in there. You ready? John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. To be with you forever, the the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take into its heart, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be with you. John 16, 8 says this. And he, when he comes, will convict the world about guilt of sin. This is amplified again. And the need for a Savior. So one of the works of the Holy Spirit is, is to woo people to salvation. Yeah, I don't know if you remember when you were all of a sudden convicted and you're like, oh my gosh, he died for me. Man, I, I need to be forgiven. Yeah, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Causing your heart to pound within your chest and, and, and calling you to himself. John 16, 15, all things that the Father has are mine. Because of this, I said that he, the Spirit, will take from what is mine and reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit works on you, convicts you, and draws you to Christ. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. That, I think we can all agree on. But what many people don't know is about the pickling process. We're almost there. I can't wait to get to that part. Romans 8. Turn to Romans 8, verse 9. The Holy Spirit, you know, when you're, you're in a service or you're, or you're listening to someone testify about you. I mean, I remember, I mean, it's, we were living in East Hampton. I was in middle school, so that's like, that's like fifth grade. I think it was in fifth grade. Might have been fourth. We were playing out on, the, on a park, you know, at recess or after school or something. I forget. And we're, we're on the swings. I was with my, my friend Derek Tompkins and some other little kid. And we're hanging out. And we're throwing rocks and we're laughing about whatever happened in school. And up to us come some really unusual people. They had bell bottoms. And we're wearing these bright flowery shirts. Had really long hair. And they just sort of floated up to us. 
I don't know, I don't, I don't know where the parents were, Mom. They weren't watching after us, man. There were some strangers that came. However, these strangers were different than anybody I've ever seen before. And they're like, hey, man. And we're like, hi. <laughs> they're like, we want to tell you about the love of Jesus, man. Jesus loves you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and they started telling me, he died on a cross for you. And they start witnessing to us. And we, I was obeying my mom. You know, you don't get near strangers. And uh, while they're sharing, we're like, get away, get away, get away. But in my spirit, I'll never forget it. In my spirit, I'm like, what is that? It was the Holy Spirit touching my, the little four, you know, fourth grader, fifth grader, touching my heart, wooing me. I remember it might have been during the same period of time my father took us to Catholic Church. My, my, my father's a Roman Catholic. My mother was a Presbyterian. They got together, became Catholics, and did that for a while. Mother went back to the Presbyterian Church. Dad continued to flow in Catholicism. So it was a little confusing for us. So I became a pagan. Then I became a Buddhist. Then I got born again. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> so we went to St. James Catholic Church in St. James, uh, Long Island, New York. And it's still there today. I remember sitting down. We'd sit, all, all the brothers, me, Chris, and John, my two brothers, we sat there. And God help you if you made a crinkling sound with anything or made any noise, you'd be in serious trouble. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? God forbid. Shh. And we're just like, <laughs> church giggles and all that. But this Sunday was different. It was right around the same time, as I recall. And uh, the priest gets up and says, um, we have uh, some young people that would like to sing some music to us. So they're going to sing a song or two. Go ahead. And there's these same kind of people. Long hair, flower shirts, bell bottoms, looking kind of cool. Different. Long hairs. Hippies. It was, a, it was a Jesus movement in the 70s. Does anybody know, know what happened in the Jesus movement? Amazing move of God in America, really. They began to sing on guitars, and I will never forget what happened to me. As they sang on guitars, the power of the Holy Spirit came on me as a kid, and I was riveted, like, what is that? And I was getting seriously touched by the Holy Spirit. He was calling me to himself. Third grade, fourth grade, calling me to himself. He was calling me. The Holy Spirit works in people to bring them to salvation clearly. I think we ought to thank him for that. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So when you receive Jesus as your, as your Savior, your spirit is then made alive to God by the Holy Spirit. Well, what about before that? You were dead to God. I mean, when I, when I was born again, I gave my life to Christ. I was like, every telephone pole was a cross. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I was like driving down the road. There are crosses everywhere. God, you're amazing. You're amazing. Go to my front door of my house. There's a cross. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'd be in supermarkets, see crosses on people's necks. Everywhere there's crosses and the love of God. I'm like, ah, whoa. Because I was blind. There was a veil that was over my eyes. I would try to read the word before that, but it didn't make any sense. But then I gave my life to Christ, and boom. And then honestly, that was great. After I got baptized in water, I was overcome by the Holy Spirit for well over 24 hours. I couldn't hardly talk. 
Remember that? And all of a sudden, my eyes were open to the things of the Spirit. I mean, I might have gotten baptized in the Spirit at the same time. I, it's a little, I'm not sure. But listen, don't, don't relegate the move of the Spirit of God to a, to a theological principle. And if you didn't, like right here, that's right here, that it's going to happen like that. No, it doesn't. It, but, but you want the work of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can't, you can't live for God without the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes God to live for God. You need the Holy Spirit. To get saved, yes. But this unique working, this empowering, Acts 1.8, turn there. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. John Michael Talbot. It just got written on my heart all those years ago. Do you remember that? I would sing that with everything I had out in the jungle in Hawaii. Can we put that scripture up? Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and in the ends of the earth, leave it up. Acts 1.8. So they, they, Jesus had not yet ascended, but he's telling them, he's telling them, look, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive power. I got the power. Acts 1.5, turn there. Acts 1.5 on the screen, please. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I preached a message not that long ago. Baptize, he'll come upon you, you'll, be, you'll receive endowment. What does that mean? And, and on that day that I preached that message, I, I got a, a jar of cucumber, uh, pickles. Pickles. It talked about how a cucumber is transformed when it's put in a vat of solution over a period of time. And what happens is, is osmosis. It's, uh, let me see if I can remember that. It was a long time ago. Um, something of higher concentration moves to a lower concentration through a membrane. Something like that. I'm close. Anyway, what happens is that the juice works into the cuke. And soon the cuke is a pickle. That is a beautiful picture of the baptism. In fact, baptismo is actually in a, in a, in a recipe for pickling. That word is used. It's, it's, it's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be pickled. I mean, it's a sad thing. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody battle with alcoholism and then, you know, they're not drinking, but they, they pickled themselves. It's an, old, it's an expression about you drink so much that your brain is just, you just pickled. It's, it's, I think God can reverse that too. Well, and you'll see right from when it happens here in Acts 19, they begin to speak in tongues and prophesy, but they weren't speaking in tongues and prophesying before that. So what happened? Got pickled. Somebody say, what kind of church do you go to? A pickled church. I came across, I was purging my computer uh, of some unneeded files to make room on my hard drive because it was just getting clogged up. 
And uh, I came across an article that somebody sent me about the, the, the uh, strange fire. And it was written by, it was written by somebody who needs some fire, actually. And what they were doing was they were trying to, um, they were playing the, the, the spiritual cops for the body of Christ to try to correct the move of the Spirit. However, they, they use all kinds of scriptures out of context. And I, and I read through the thing and I thought, oh, no, I'm preaching on the baptism of the Spirit right tonight. Because the, 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 there's so many people that have no power, they have no fire. They have no zeal. They have no passion. They have no ability to resist the enemy. And they're just kind of, you know, like a reed blown over left and right. God, God wants you to walk in power. All right, why is tongues a sign? That's a good question. Speech is a sign in the Old Testament of the Spirit's work. You'll see specifically prophecy coming forth. In fact, in, in the Old Testament, there's every, every gift in the New Testament is also in the Old Testament. Every miracle you see in the Old Testament is also in the New, except one. You know what that is? Tongues. Why is that? Because it's a picture of a new covenant. It's just another thing to confirm. And, and when God brought in a new covenant and did a fresh thing, there was always a sign. And when there's, always, there's always a sign. There's covenant, covenant responsibilities, covenant privileges, and covenant signs. So with Noah, what was a covenant sign that God would never again flood right, the rainbow? No wonder that the, the, um, the perversity of our world would take the rainbow and make it mean it's all-inclusive. A beautiful thing that says, I'll never again flood the earth. He's going to set it on fire, but he's not going to flood it again. Come on. <laughs> Woo, yeah. So. It's, there's always covenant signs, covenant, covenant privileges, and covenant responsibilities. And, and I believe that tongues is, well, I don't believe I know. It's, tongues is not in the Old Testament. It is in the New. And it's the only sign in the New Testament that's not in the Old. Why is that? Because it's a New Testament. And it's a new covenant. Tongues, is a, it's a unique sign. It's a unique sign. It's a, it's a twofold picture of one, God desires all to be saved, to be a part of his family. And two, that the Holy Spirit is in control of us. You know, if you can control your mouth, some of you are in the, in the kimchi you're in. Kimchi's a Korean food. All right? Some of you up a crick with no paddle, and the reason is because of your mouth. All right, I'm going to go over here. You just constantly run in your mouth saying stuff that's not true. Come on, with your mouth, giant James says, with your mouth you curse people. I mean, blessing, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So what's amazing to me is that when you're praying in tongues, it helps you control your tongue. It actually does something in you. Now, there's tongues with interpretation, which is prophecy, and we've taught on that, and all of these are freely available for you on the website, on the podcast, on YouTube. You can go just type in tongues, search. There's multiple messages. But I felt because of where we're at and what God's doing that we just hear a fresh word on the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you need it. You know, it's interesting to me. 
Uh, I'm sorry, tongues with interpretation, which is prophecy, 1 Corinthians you can, in 14, you can check that out. And then tongues which is without interpretation is a prayer language. Here, let me just throw this thought out. You won't hear it taught too often. But in Acts chapter 2, go ahead, go there. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord. There was a unity in one place. They were in a prayer meeting. Oh, gosh. I, I saw something on Facebook. I just so wanted to light it up. But I don't have time to follow it up after I light it up, so I didn't. So I feel like I'll light it up right now. That way I don't have to answer all the comments. So I got bigger fish to fry than argue with like 11 people. Or four people. We'll let somebody else do that. I'm, I don't have time for that. Nobody got time for that. <laughs> what am I talking about? Tongues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Acts 2. So somebody put on there, and I saw it, and I, and I wrote half the comment. I said, no, stop, stop. And they said, oh, I, I, went to, uh, I went to a prayer meeting, but it's nothing like my personal time with the Lord. I'm like, yeah. There, nothing can take the place of my personal time with the Lord. I thought like, okay, what's your point? We, we know that. I'll tell you the problem with that statement. Here's the problem. That's obvious, absolutely. There's nothing like spending time with Jesus. You and Jesus, reading the word, praying, abiding, listening to worship, letting him touch you by yourself in your prayer closet. Nothing like it, of course. There's also nothing like being in a corporate prayer meeting, which, by the way, almost nobody does. And if you look at the body of Christ, you see, I dare you, I, I just go survey churches all across the nation, just in Western Christianity. Because like in other places, they're dead before they don't have these corporate prayer meetings because they understand the power of them. Somebody said, how are you, how are you doing all that you guys are doing there at Kings, Alaska? Um, I'm convinced it's what it feels like sometimes a feeble, weak prayer meeting, but we keep doing it. Oh, yeah, sometimes it feels like, well, we showed up today. I mean, it's always good. Sometimes it's amazing. This is a prayer meeting they're in. And here's what I've found over the years. I was saying, so thankful for Dr. Morocco that mandated us to have it. So it's like part of the vision. So you're going to do it. If you're a pastor on the staff, you're going to have a prayer meeting. That, that, that's like, it's not negotiable. And that's not something you could delegate. You can't ever delegate a prayer meeting. I will never de delegate my prayer meeting. I will always be in my prayer meeting. Now, there's times where I'm so tired that Pastor Kirsten's going to lead on Monday. Come on. Especially this last Monday. I was like... And when a, when a church has a corporate prayer meeting, the amount of problems they have are 90% less than the church that doesn't. And I have friends, they're anointed, their churches are growing, amazing. Church split after church split after church split, kids get blown up, families get blown up, ongoing problems on the staff, ongoing financial problems, ongoing strife, sister bucket mouth, brother backstabber, they're running rampant everywhere, and it's just like all oh, you're constantly running around trying to put out these fires. I mean, I could list them over and over and over and over and over. Assignments on the pastor, pastor getting accidents, and, and here's the thing. It is the grace and the mercy of God that we have a prayer meeting. His covering is over us, and without that, we're finished. So when the guy says, well, it's nothing like my personal time with Jesus, I just wanted to say, shut up. Everybody knows that. How many is in a corporate prayer meeting? No one, next to no one. 
And so you have all these problems. And listen, if you think we're going to win by whistling Dixie and just, we're going to win, there's a battle. And you have to forcefully advance the kingdom of God. You've got to take authority. You've got to bind. You've got to loose, rejoice, declare the word. You've got to preach, pray. You've got to prophesy. And yeah, it's hard sometimes to get up. It's so worth it. Anyway, I didn't put the comment, so I just figured I'd throw it in. And by the way, the outpour of the Spirit, Bubba, in Acts 2, is a corporate prayer meeting. Narrow-minded. Don't miss the corporate prayer meeting. You can't throw the corporate prayer meeting out either. You need both. I just don't, I'm not feeling the witness from you, so I'm going to keep staying on that for a second. I'm just not feeling it. He's like, I can't make it. I'm driving to Anchorage. Okay, I understand. But you try to get a part of a corporate prayer meeting, there's things that happen corporately where there's a release of the word of the Lord and we take a stand and unite together in one accord. It releases power. I remember years ago, we got our plow ripped off right here from the church, right in the parking lot. It got ripped off. I was so hopping mad. I'm thinking, how dare somebody come and rip off God's plow? So I don't know. I think a week went by and we just sort of, you know, sometimes we can... Just sort of capitulate and just go, well, you own everything, Lord. And you just know where that plow is and know if it be your will, oh God. Now, I don't know what happened. You, were you in that prayer meeting? I think you were. It's a long time ago. And we're standing here and I, something happened. I thought, no, no, you ain't ripping off God's plow. It was like, can you imagine confronting somebody that broke into your house? What are you doing? Get out right now. Right? You'd be like, huh? Oh, okay. And they run away. So it was like that. It was like, no, no, you ain't ripping off our plow. We need the plow. And at that current time, we couldn't, you know, we didn't have it in the budget to buy a new plow. I want the plow back. And so we just stood there and I said, in the name of Jesus, our plow comes back. And Lord, whoever stole it's going to get hemorrhoids or something. You're going to fix all that in Jesus' name. I call my plow. That's exactly what happened. You remember that? The plow come back. We got a call from the police. It was in the next three days. We got a call from the police who said, we think that uh, your plow, we found it. Uh, what the owner says at the yard, it says somebody backed up at a pickup truck and pushed it off in their lawn. So uh, can you come get it? I'm like, yep, we come get it. We hooked that thing back up. Hallelujah. Come on, we got our plow back. Listen, that's the difference of a corporate prayer meeting. An corporate, we came together. It's like a bigger hammer. Anyway, they're in a corporate prayer meeting. There's nothing on TV anyway. You can eat later. Amen. Some of you might want to skip a meal. They're good for you. I'm just talking to someone online maybe. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. You feel what you're feeling right now? That's called joy. <laughs> it's called joy. What, what are you guys smiling about up front? These guys are always smiling, these two. It's called joy. Can I quote you again, Mama? I will. I, I do, I've, I've quoted my mom on this one for years. Joy is a flag that flies from the heart who has Jesus enthroned. When you got Jesus, you love joy. And the baptism for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, selfness, self, long-suffering, and self-control. <laughs> All right. Where are we? 
oh, 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 this is so good. And suddenly there came a sound. Can you, can you have a keyboard or something? Thanks. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house. It's an interesting rushing mighty wind. Because if you go back into creation, you'll see that it's the same verbiage, same words used as the Spirit was hovering over them. That's this picture of wind, pneuma, the wind of God. The, the, the wind of the Spirit hovered over the waters at the beginning of creation. It's the same sort of picture here. Oh, it's also interesting to note that I'm trying to feel your chords. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So it's also interesting... <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting to note that uh, <laughs> Tower of Babel, at the Tower of Babel, what was what the Lord said to all this unity, He can do anything. And they're doing this thing for evil, so they came down and confused their language. Fascinating. At the birth of the church, He gives them a unifying language of the Spirit. Do you think that's an accident? It's not an accident. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because all things are possible to them that believe. They're all filled with the Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Watch this now. Never thought about it quite this way. And there were dwelling among Jews and devout men from every nation under heaven. Verse 6. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. And we're all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we, that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And it begins to list the different nations that they come from. So, now I haven't looked at the Greek just yet, okay? So, let me throw this out as something that's possible and plausible. 120 men and women get filled with the Spirit. They're praying in tongues. Peter, something happened to him because he was scared by a little girl at a fire and ran away. So, so Peter is not scared now, and there's thousands of people. So something happened to homeboy. He got some power, I think. He got plugged in. Right, so he wasn't scared Peter now. Now he's preaching Peter, comes out, preaches well, this is the, the tongues first. They all hear the marvelous works of God, right? You go read that. So let's just, just there's, there's more than 120 here. So just imagine this now. There's more than 120 in the sanctuary. Maybe there's, maybe there's 160, something like that, okay? Imagine each one of us spoke a foreign language. Well, let's just do this for a second. Who speaks a foreign language here? Stand. I mean, you can fluently speak because I'm going to put you on the spot. If you can't fluently speak, you don't want to. Okay, all of you come up. All of you come up. Line up. All line up. All across the front. Yeah, praise the Lord. Come come all the way across. Come on, don't be shy, Minister Gill. Praise the Lord. All right, what language are you going to speak in? Portuguese. Does anybody speak Portuguese here? Your wife, she's probably online. You speak some Portuguese? Okay, listen closely. Okay? As dad talks. Listen, what are you going to speak? Espanol. 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 Espanol, all right. Castellano. Oh, I, I was hoping you were going to do that. Amen. <laughs> what, is, what is Castellano? 
is the formal Spanish. Oh, it's it's a lot. Yeah. What are you going to speak? Tagalog or Ilocano or Igorot. What's the third one? Igorot. It's a native language. Oh, let's hear that one. Does anybody know that language? How about anybody know Tagalog? Okay. What language? Samoan. Samoan. Ah, awesome. Anybody speak Samoan? All right, perhaps online. All right. Français. French. Anybody speak French? Ah, your daughter. Anybody else? All right. All right, very good. Ruski, Russian. Russian. Wonderful. Samoan. Samoan. All right. And did we go down here yet? African. Which, which dialect of African? God is good. All right, wonderful. We're going to speak Francais. Francais. I speak Russian too. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Do you all know John 3 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know that? You know it? Pretty easy. Got it? Got it? Got it? Got it? Got it? Okay, ready? On the count of three, I want you in, your, in that language to say nice and loud. All right, you got all your languages. Ready? I want you to say John 3, 16 on the count of three. Are you ready? Set. Go. Where's my French? No, you guys start over. Start over. Everybody all at the same time. John 3, 16, Samoan, uh, all of it, all of it together at the count of three. Everyone, French, Rusky, everything. Are you ready? Set. Set. One, two, three, go. Okay, you can stop. Raise your hand if you could understand anything that was said just now. You got a little bit. You may be seated. Thank you. Put your hands together for these guys. How is it then? Okay, watch this now. How is it that 120 people all spoke different languages and 3,000 people could understand what they're saying? How is that? I'll tell you how. When I gave a message in tongues just recently at our prophetic conference, one of our brothers from Russia was visiting from, uh, from uh, Hawaii, a Russian visiting from Hawaii, he said, when I gave the message in tongues, he heard clearly in Russian. And then when Heidi came up, Minister Heidi came up and interpreted, she said everything that he heard. And he could stand here and testify. He testified to me because his mind got blown. Now, I went back to listen to see if actually it was Russian. And certainly we've heard stories about people praying in other languages by the Spirit. Absolutely. But I didn't speak Russian. I just, there was, it was just a prayer language. However, the Holy Spirit, I think, turned it, made it into Russian for him. So, so when tongues came forward here, is it possible? I'm just saying, is it? Now, I didn't study this all out. It was just a thought that I had today. Is it possible that the Holy Spirit took the, them praying in, in, in tongues and turned it into all of those different languages all across with 3,000 people heard in their own language? You know why? It's the Holy Spirit. He can just do whatever he wants to. How to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right. 
desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, this it's like, I don't know, you, you touch a topic like this, and then you have, you'll have like the spiritual Pharisee who said, that's, you didn't say everything on the tongues. Of course, I didn't. We'd be here like, it'd be days. So it's not the be-all to end-all messages on tongues, but I'm just trying to tell you. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, work of the Holy Spirit in salvation, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the believer. And somebody tried to talk me out of it. I'm just like, it's too late, man. It's too late. Not only have I seen it, I have experienced His power in my life. I've been pickled. So how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Desire it. I've had people offended because, because they, they didn't get baptized in the Spirit from day one when they came up and they said, I want that, and they got prayed for, and nothing happened. Listen, there can be blockages. What do you mean? Sin could be a blockage. What's another blockage? Theology. So even though you'll hear a message like this in your heart, your grandmother taught you from her well-meaning Baptist background that tongues are from the devil, so there you ain't ever, listen to me, you ain't ever going to pray that's from the devil. Tongues are from the devil. And, and there was a whole theology about that, and you heard that growing up as a Baptist or some other denomination that doesn't believe in tongues. And so then in your heart, you're like, it would be breaking ties with, with the agreement of your family. It's like a disloyalty thing, so you won't let yourself go because you're not going to disloyal your grandmother who's gone before you, and if it wasn't for her, you you wouldn't be saved. So in your heart, you're like, man, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but okay, but you're you're not totally loosed up. You're 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 bound up because of a, a relational theological blockage. And that's why you need to just study. Well, well-meaning as your grandmother, your grandfather might be, they might not have had theological truth all the way. That's why you need to study the word for yourself. Come on, you just don't take my word for it. Be a Berean. Go home. Read it. Study it. And study it with an intention to actually grow in the things of God, not to try to disprove something for, so that you could be a troublemaker. Troublemakers and truth seekers, which are you? Troublemakers are like, well, I don't know about that. Truth seekers are like, I don't understand that, but okay. Let me try to understand. Let me look into that a little bit. Zachariah, you'll be deaf and dumb or mute. You'll be mute. You won't be able to speak until your son's born, John the Baptist. He wants to know why. How could this be? Yet Mary says the same thing. Mary's like, I, I don't know a man. Nevertheless, let it be unto me as you have said. Mary's rewarded. Zachariah's judged. Two people that question. It's okay to question as long as your heart's right. Desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Desire to be pickled. You need it. You need the Holy Spirit. Have hands laid on you. Now the Holy Spirit can fall like an Acts 10. Like right now, you could be baptized right now with nobody laying hands on you. But we do see the, the, this pattern of laying on of hands too. Praise and adore the Lord. Everybody say praise and adore the Lord. It, it can, it, tongues can be released. Prayer language can be released. And in, in worship. And you'll see that in, in Acts as well. Am I helping you? Lastly, take a step of faith. When I got baptized in the Spirit, I, uh, my mother was living in a place called Hana. I got baptized in the Spirit. I had no car. I had nothing. Well, I had Jesus, which means I had everything. But I mean, in the, you know, as far as the world, I had my health. And I had my mom who loved me. But I'd lost everything to that point in my life. 20, I don't know, 20. 
five, six years old. And uh, I got baptized in the Spirit. And I just, it so transformed my life. I mean, I, I just can't even tell you what the, it was like somebody all of a sudden turned the lights on. And when I was saved, then it was like, and like everything opened. And I had this prayer language. And I, I thought, I'm just going to go see my mom. So I, it's uh, 80 miles. Is it 80 miles? Tahana. How long is it? Kahului to Hana. It's about 80 miles, right? Yeah. So I decided to walk 80 miles while praying in tongues. I, I didn't have to walk the whole way, but I, I walked, I don't know, I walked 15, 20. And I just walked along the side of the road, and I got in this rhythm of praying in the Spirit. And then I got to this one place, man, it was like the trees were worshiping and the power of God was all over me. And I was just roaring in my prayer language, weeping with tears running down my face. Do you know it was at that moment I believe the Lord began to set some things in concrete for me that if I had not done that. So many people, they get baptized in the Spirit, they're led to the Cadillac dealership. You get baptized in the Spirit, Jesus is baptized in the Spirit, goes to the wilderness. Some of you, some of you don't know what it is to get alone with God or to lift, his, lift your hands and... I'm sorry. We all want to go deeper in God. It's so important that you're filled with the Spirit. It's good. And tongues, get away from the theology. I mean, have proper theology and doctrine. Very important. Otherwise, you'll end up in witchcraft, jacked up, and a torn up life. You need to have proper doctrine and theology for sure. But don't relegate tongues to with some theological truth and they just put it in a little, little box. Allow the Spirit to dwell in you richly. Lose yourself in adoration, worship, and psalms and hymns. Sing to one another joyful, gladful hearts. Learn to abide and rest in Him. See if you can feel and ask Him for the wind of His presence to come and flood your, flood your home, and flood your, flood your bedroom to flood your kitchen, to fill you in the car. Step away from the things of time and tradition and ask God to fill you with fresh fire, the fresh power, because He'll break out in your life. You'll suddenly start to see miracles. What you're experiencing here at King's Chapel is because of the move of the Holy Spirit. It's not the charisma of one man or a group of men or women. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Man can't take a rash and anxiety off of a, a young lady and, and have her lose all of that and have peace and sleep for the first time in seven years. Man can't do that. What all the counseling, and I'm all for counseling, especially spirit-filled biblical counseling, I think it can be great. But I had that also. And it wasn't until the counselor came baptized me with power and fire that my life began to change and he would expose different bitternesses and hurts and different things and I'd have to come to him and say oh I don't want that oh, Lord I forgive that person Lord won't you forgive me and whew, another dimension another release of his power you don't have to be bound you don't have to be a regular listen a regular Christian is a spirit filled Christian the gospel of the kingdom is with power it's with power Anything else is not the gospel of the kingdom. It's half a gospel. Can you get saved without that? Yes. But if you're supposed to just be saved and not be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from, listen, if you don't have evidence, listen to me, if you don't have evidence of the power of God in your life, then you have to ask yourself, what's the problem? 
the believer's life ought to have a dimension of unexplainable. In other words, you just can't explain how you ended up at the right place at the right time and you met the person and then boom, and then the door opened. Our whole church building's completely unexplainable. Completely. I had somebody tell me, how'd you guys do that? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. We prayed, did our best to obey. That would be it. And then uh, Jesus, somebody said, well, you better not get prideful over I'm like, what? <laughs> we are very acutely aware of our weaknesses. And he shows up anyway. We just try to stay small, humble, broken, transparent. We pray a lot. That recipe is found here. You want the power of God in your life. You want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want you to come. If you want it, listen here before you before, before that. When you're hungry and thirsty, you don't give a fig about what anybody thinks. When you've had enough and you're like, I want mine. Now, I, I gotta have that. You just, when you're really hungry and thirsty, and if your appetite is not for more of God, you're probably filling yourself with something else. When you're really hungry and thirsty for the Lord, it doesn't mind looking like a fool in the face of your peers as long as you're embraced in the arms of your master. It doesn't matter. You're like, I don't care. You ever seen somebody that's desperate, 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 desperate? Desperate people do desperate things. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And desperation requires a different diet. Hunger. Paul preached to hungry people in Ephesus. He used the time of the siesta time in Ephesus to preach the gospel. And they took over that whole region. All right, stand up on your feet. Can you pre uh, sing some fire, desperation, something, song? <laughs> if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, step out from where you are, come to the front. It's a normal, natural thing if you want this. I'd already have it. Good. So I've, I've been hearing this a lot. I've been hearing, I used to pray in tongues, but I stopped. If that's you, come to the front. Just come line up all the way across the front. Unashamed. Come on. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right. We're going to pray for these. All right, here's the a, here's a second call. You've been filled with the Spirit, but you, you've leaked, and you need to be refilled. How many of you know you need to be filled every day? Every day you should get fresh manna, fresh oil. All right, just come to the front, line up all the way across the front. Can I have my worship team? Oh, thanks. They're here. She's upstairs. Marita, you got some? Marita, would you come, please? And uh, what, what song? Uh, talk to Jesus. Start worshiping him. I'll be right back. Amen. your hands to heaven. Let's take care of this. Let's do this. If you've never given your life to Jesus, let's do that first. So you get right with God. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus, 
repent of your sin, just play this prayer right out loud. If you need to recommit, you do that right now. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Say, do I have to do it out loud, Pastor? Yes. Your heart, you believe with your mouth. You confess unto salvation. Yes, important to do it out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. And to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. All right. Now I'm going to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit. Here are all eyeballs up here. Look at, look at me now. Can I see everybody? All the way down the line. All right. What's up, fellas? Ready? Ready? Can I see everybody? All right. Hey. Okay, so you have to participate. The Lord's not going to come and grab your tongue and, like, make it wave around. That's not what is going to happen. In order for me to speak to you right now, I'm going to have to, I have to speak to you like I have words that just come like I can speak in my head and not say anything. Ready? Okay, I just said I love you. You guys look beautiful. God has an awesome plan for your life. In my head. Do you understand? To speak forth in tongues, you're going to have to partner with God. You ever made up your own song? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever, you ever made up a you know, song, you know, you're singing in your house or whatever? Okay, it's sounds and syllables will come forth from the Spirit of God, and you have to allow for them to come out of your mouth. So I'm going to come and pray for you. Pastors are going to come. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. When we do, believe that God will fill you with His Spirit. Now, we prayed for you. You received Jesus or recommitted. That means every sin you ever did is wiped out. That's what the Bible says. Every sin that you've ever done has been paid for. So you stand here as the righteousness of God in Christ. I know some of you that's hard to believe, but that's what the death and resurrection of Jesus means. You have been redeemed. You have been, your sins have been paid for. Amen. And so when we pray for you, understand that you're forgiven and understand that God wants to fill you with His Spirit, pickle you, come on you, in you, work through you, and give you a prayer language. And so uh, the cutest one I ever heard is Bishop Joseph Garlington's wife. When she prayed in the Spirit, here's what she got. Oop. 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 And the guy praying for her is like, wow, praise the Lord. Just keep doing that. She kept oop, oop, oop. Where's Pastor Vince? Pastor Vince, come here. Come on, it's 9.01. I'm just going to take a couple minutes more of your time. We'll be done. If you need to slip out, I understand. So, Pastor Vince, you were a leader in another church many moons ago. And you they were getting filled with the Spirit in your, in your life group, as I recall. And you were so hungry. You're like, man, I'm leading this thing. They're all getting filled with the Spirit. What's the deal? And you got so hungry. You know, hunger is a big deal. You really like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So he got so hungry, I'm telling your whole testimony for you. And so he started walking around on some mountain in the woods. And uh, tell him what happened. Well, I just started speaking. And, it, and what it was, was I, I got a Holy Ghost tick, and that's all it was. It was and I said it was the most powerful tick in the world. Praise the Lord. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again, Pastor Ben. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, the whole forest shook. 
when I ticked. It, it's just everything. So, so don't have in your mind that you're gonna tell you're gonna pray some prayer. You know, I mean, there've been people actually try to teach people. Okay, she drove a Honda, but she should have drove a Kia. Go ahead and say it. That's nonsense. In fact, I would say it's like demonic. Don't tell anybody you're going to tell you. If it's a tick, if it's a boop, I, I, don't, I, I don't remember my first words. It just started flooding. And other people, the flood, flow, it's just, just you're you. You've got your own fingerprints. Your irises are different. Your voice is different. You have a different accent. The Holy Spirit will pray through you. In, its, in his own way, but you have to partner. you got to open up your mouth. You have to partner and, and just allow that to flow forth. You ready? Are you ready? Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. You need the power. You will be filled with power from on high. Holy Ghost, I ask right now in Jesus' name, fill these with your Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues, God, release the gifts of the Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Now begin to pray and worship Him. Come on, just lift your voice. Go ahead and lead us. I'm going to come and pray for you. When I lay hands on you, you just partner with God and let that out.
Promotion, fire, joy, zeal, passion, says the Lord. Let your fire come. A little louder, come on. Fire! Fire! 
your mouth you don't open your mouth it, oh oh you got you gotta open your mouth open your mouth Another little girl filled with the Spirit right there. Thank you. Come, Howard. 
wind turn that thing loose right now. Holy Ghost. That's it. All across this place. Sing it in English. Your power and with your Come however you are, however you are, like a fire and like a flood. Come however you are, however you are. Sing it one more time. A fire and like a flood. Okay, when we're done, you're going to sing in the spirit. Come however all across this place. Online. Ready, sing in the spirit. So you sing your own sound, your own language. You sing it right out loud. Louder. of the Spirit. Activate prophetic gifts. Activate words of knowledge. Activate God, the seer. Open eyes. Open spiritual eyes. Open ears. I call forth the activation of the gifts upon this body for the furtherance of the gospel of the kingdom. For being witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, other most parts of the earth. We thank you. Put your hands together for God all across this place. I've gone long. I've gone long, but sometimes it takes a little bit to make a deposit. Now, all of you that were baptized in the Spirit, which is like, you know, 95% of those that came up front. 95%. It's because you just take time. Now, see, if you're part of the 5% that didn't get your prayer language just yet, that's not a denial. God's just making you hungry. You just press in a little bit more. You just pray and you worship and allow for that. to. My, my wife had to contend for weeks. Every service contending, God, I want my prayer language. Then one morning, boom, at home. Doesn't have to be in church. Let me close. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. And give us peace. Amen. Pray in tongues as much as you can. If it's out loud now and a whole bunch of people listening, then you're going to need to interpret that because that would be, it could possibly bring confusion. But when we all pray in the Spirit together, that's cool. That's good. That's okay. Do you understand? All right, more, more later. Stick around. Welcome to Kings. We're so glad you're here. Holy Ghost Church. Bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you on the weekend. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.